All right, welcome to the Gathering Church. So glad you're with us this morning. I love that we have a creative team and creative minds that can put together videos like that, put together thoughts and ideas. And I didn't know that Andrew Johnson loved himself so much. And all of you laughing know Andrew Johnson. No, man, what a, what a great Sunday to be here in Asheville, North Carolina. We get a weekend where it is sunny two days in a row. Man, this has been a great, great weekend. Hey, my name is Robbie Denson. I'm the executive pastor here at The Gathering Church, kicking off a brand new series today called You Do You. A couple of things I want to let you know before we get started. Uh, our lead pastor, John Mark Redwine, and his wife, Rayel, uh, had an inkling of a feeling that they would be having their second daughter a few weeks early and they were correct. Uh, last Monday, this past Monday, uh, we get a phone call at, what, 5 a.m.? At that point, it's 3 a.m. It doesn't matter. I'm just not happy. And uh, Chelsea's heading over to their house to pick up their daughter and to bring her over. They had their baby last Monday healthy. They're home resting and relaxing. And so please be praying for them. And it's, it's just a great opportunity for you and I to serve to serve our pastor and his wife and to, and to hold the fort down while they're gone. And so we're glad you're with us this morning. One more thing I want to let you know about. In a couple of weeks is Easter, but with that comes the West Asheville Egg Hunt. Okay, so all around town, you've probably seen, especially the Haywood Road area, we put out some signs this past week promoting the West Asheville Egg Hunt. Here's what I want to say to you. I want you to come. I want you to invite your friends. I want you to invite every kid you know. Preferably invite their parents. It's going to be weird if you go to a three-year-old and invite them something that you're going to be at. Invite their parents. My wife's been doing this. She brags every time she invites someone. I say I invite everyone every Sunday. She's still playing catch-up on how many people that she's invited. I invite like 200 people every week. So, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to sign up to serve. I'm just telling you to go do it, okay? Sign up to go serve to be a part of this event because it is one of the coolest events where we're outside of the context of this facility on a Sunday and you're serving your city. You're literally, we're going to have over 500 people at this event and you get to partake in serving them and being the hands of Christ, the feet of Christ. And it is a really cool perspective to be on the inside looking out rather than the outside looking in. And so we're asking you to join the team for this event. You can go, to, go over to our Connect Center right after service and, and join the teams to serve. And we've got a coordinator that will get in touch with you this week to give you more details. You can sign up for an area to serve. I want to ask you to do that. Please go do that after service today. Like I said, we're starting a brand new series today called You Do You. We believe at the Gathering Church that God created each one of us for a purpose. And, you know, you're going to hear us say that a lot here at the gathering. We, we talk about it all the time. I just heard it in announcements, and you're about to hear it again in the message. I believe that God, in all of his creative ability, put you together with your unique personality, your unique dreams, and your unique calling. And the role that we've taken on as a church is to help you to discover your purpose. And it's really important that we as a church, as a body, have defined our role in your life. Yes, to bring you the gospel, to bring you the message, but it's more important than that. We feel called and aligned with God to help you as a church for you, to help you discover your purpose. 
so that in your purpose, you can make a difference. What I'm learning is that the older I get, the more I find myself in the middle of people's lives. Some of you can relate to that. You, you're growing and you're, maybe you're, your friends are growing or your situations and life is changing and you find yourselves in the middle of other people's lives. And what I get to do in my line of work is I get to hear their dreams. I get to hear people connect to their purpose. That, that moment when you discover that thing that keeps you up at night. I love hearing those stories, that moment when your soul connects to a calling. And here's kind of how you know if your soul is connected to a calling, if you're willing to sacrifice to see that calling come to pass. I love when I see people's soul connect to a calling. That's the stuff that I live for. And because of my line of work, I get, I get to hear these things, and I'm privileged for that. I remember when uh, my wife and I were hanging out, dating, and I remember this was before we were even married. We had been dating for several months, and we were sitting in my 2004. I had a cool car back then. I was sitting in, we were sitting in my 2004 Mazda 3, you know? It has, the, it has like, it's, a, it's, a, it's an automatic, but then it, you can stick it over into manual. And every now and then, when I was with my friends, I'd just be like, choo, choo, choo. I had no idea. They were looking at me like I was an idiot. I had no idea what I was doing. We were sitting right there in my 2004 Mazda 3, and we were dreaming. We were talking about our lives. We were talking about our future. And I remember my wife looking at me, or I remember my girlfriend. It's kind of weird. Nine years now we've been married. But I remember looking at my girlfriend, and she shared with me her dreams and her passion and her purpose. And I don't even know if she knew what she was doing. But she looked at me, and she said, Robbie, listen, this is what it looks like to be with me. I feel called to be a mom. I feel called to be a mother. I feel called to be a wife. And it, it was because of some circumstances that she had growing up and in her life at the time. And, and she just felt like that was the purpose God put her on this planet for, to, to show kids what it looked like to love Jesus and to love your spouse and to love your family. And I just remember sitting in that car that night thinking, girl, you do you. You do you. There's something about talking to someone who has identified their purpose that is intoxicating. And that's all you can say is, man, you do you. I don't, you don't need my help. You, you've got this all figured out. Man, you've connected to the purpose that God has for you. You do you. I remember before my wife and I made the decision to join the staff here at the Gathering Church, I was looking for a few people I trusted to sort through all the things I had rushing around my head. I had a lot of things going on in Charleston that I loved. I didn't see this coming. I didn't know that God was going to call me to another area. And I needed people to dissect this with. I needed people to, to lay out the pros and the cons with. And I didn't know. And at the time, I really, trust, I really struggled to trust people. And so I had a buddy named Anthony Sardelli. And he was, he, me and this guy, we grew up together. We played ball together. We wrestled together in high school. I picked him up every single day, our 11th and 12th grade year. And this is just someone I trusted. And we had been out of high school for years, but we stayed connected. We got lunch at least twice a month. The only thing is that Anthony was an atheist. <laughs> and I wanted to dream with Anthony about what God wanted to do in my life. And I loved Anthony because he didn't mind getting in my business. He didn't mind making fun of me. So I thought, I need to talk to Anthony. And I remember calling Anthony and I said, hey, bud, I, I want to, to sit down with you for an hour. And I just want to dream with you. And I want you to appease me for one hour. 
And he said, Robbie, I care about you. I think you're crazy. I care about you. Let's do it. And I sat down with Anthony at a coffee shop in Somerville, South Carolina for an hour, and I shared with him the dream that John Mark had for the gathering church, and I shared with him my role in that and the part I could play and my, maybe this is how God created me. What do you think, Anthony? And he looked at me with a smirk on his face, which means there's something sarcastic coming, and he looked at me with that smirk, and he said, Robbie, you know how I feel about God, but if there's anybody who can do what you're talking about, I think it could be you. (laughs) I think it could be you. If there's anybody that can reach a community similar to me, I think it's you because I still like you. And I know a lot about you. And I know it sounds crazy, but my agnostic friend gave me the confidence that I needed that pushed me over the edge. He just looked at me and basically said, Robbie, you do you because that's who you are. So go do it. When you find someone who has discovered their purpose, that's all they need is the confidence to go pursue it. And so that's the question this morning. Have you discovered your purpose? Has anyone ever looked at you and said, you do you? You see, what I've learned in spending so much time in the middle of people's lives is that we're all asking the same questions. And those questions are, who am I and what am I here for? Who am I and what am I here for? See, here's the thing. In order for you to do you, you have to discover who you are and why you're here. I'm convinced that that all of us are so desperately trying to answer these questions because deep down we all want to know why we're here. And even deeper down, we all know that we're here for a purpose. And here's the beauty of this. You don't have to be a follower of Christ to think this way. Because I believe that God created you with this innate desire for something more. You may have not identified that's God's calling on your life, but you have identified that there's something more for you. I talk to and I read prayer requests every single week from people who feel like they are called to do something great but can't quite figure out what that thing is. I read a book a couple years ago, several years ago, one of my favorite books, I read it several times, by a pastor named Craig Groeschel called It. And in the first chapter, he talks about a greyhound dog race down in Florida. And so everything I know about greyhound dog racing is about to be summed up in this story. Okay, so don't think that I'm an expert. I don't know that I could point out a greyhound dog. Uh, I could point out a greyhound bus, but not a greyhound dog. Okay, so just go with me here. You've probably seen what I'm talking about. I've seen these greyhound races. At At the greyhound dog race, they line up dogs and they send them out to race. Well, the release gets these dogs started, but what keeps these dogs running is a fake mechanical rabbit they put right out in front of the dogs to entice them. You see, these dogs need a reason to run, and that rabbit is the incentive these dogs are given to run as fast as they can towards the finish line. And so at this particular race, they let the dogs go, and they keep that rabbit right out in front of those dogs, and they're panting, and they're running. And all of a sudden, that rabbit has a mechanical breakdown, and it explodes right there on the racetrack. And there's rabbit parts everywhere. It's a, it's a fake rabbit, so it's like just fur everywhere. And these dogs don't know what to do. In fact, one of the dogs breaks through the railing and cracks every single rib. Another dog realizes that there's a crowd watching, turns, and barks at the crowd for the rest of the race. Another dog just realizes that he doesn't know what to do, and he just sits down. 
So right there in the middle of the race, the, break, the race breaks down. Nobody finished that. No dog finished that race that day. This is, this is a picture of life. It's a weird one, but a clear one nonetheless. When you don't have that rabbit, you can hurt yourself. When you don't have that rabbit, it's easy to be distracted. When you don't have that rabbit, sometimes we just want to give up. See, I consider one of the greatest commodities in this life is a God-given dream with God-given clarity. My entire life is driven by the purpose God gave me and my wife six years ago. One of the best things that this church can do for you. If you're looking for a church this morning, and we got several great churches here in Asheville, but if you're looking for a church, one of the best things a church can do for you is to position you in a place with Jesus where you can do you, where you can discover your purpose and you can make a difference. God revealed to my wife and I a dream to give our lives, everything in our life, to the local church and to adoption. That's our unique creation. That's the desires that God put in our heart. Those are the two in places, those are the two places we invest all of our life. I thank God daily for a clear vision and a clear purpose. Can you imagine for yourself a life with vision? A life with, just imagine it. Just take a second and imagine what your life would look like if there was clarity around a purpose. Look at what the scripture says in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. That's what happened to those dogs. When the thing they were chasing exploded, they didn't know what to do anymore. Going through life without a vision leads to death. Some of you know what I'm talking about because some of you are saying these things. I feel like I'm dying, not physically, but emotionally. And I don't know the difference between the two. I feel like I'm dying. I feel like I don't really have a purpose. I feel like I don't have a dream. I don't have any sense of destiny. I feel like I'm just existing. Why am I here? The NIV version says it like this. It says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. In other words, I don't know why I'm here, so what does any of this matter? Why should I go to church? Why should I be a good husband, a good father, a wife, a mother, a friend, a coworker? And these are extreme examples, but unfortunately, these extreme circumstances come to pass too often in our lives. Because we cast off restraint. Because we don't know why we're here. That word vision in the original Hebrew manuscript translates to the word kazon. Not to be confused with calzone, right? <laughs> Got it. Nailed it. I feel like that's going to make its way into the second service. That word kazon means a dream, a revelation, or a vision for your life. And so the question I want to ask, I want to continue to ask this morning, do you have a dream? Clearly, Scripture sees the value. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Are you perishing? Are you perishing slowly? Do you have a dream, a revelation, or a vision for your life? Here's why the answer to this question is so important. Because when you define this, it brings meaning to everything else. <laughs> Like, I know why I breathe air. Literally, I know, and I'm speaking for myself. I'm not speaking for you. Some of us need to find this. 
I know why I breathe air. I know why I wake up in the morning, and I hate waking up in the morning. My wife will tell you, I'm like a kid. She's got to, like, pull the blankets off. Eh, no. Uh, that's who I am, right? Because my kids come in with so much joy, so much happiness. I'm like, who, why are you doing this to me? But let me tell you what. Once I get going and once I got that cup of coffee in me, I know why I get up in the morning. I know why it's important for me to be a good husband and a good father and a good friend, and a good employee, and a good pastor. I know why. Because I care for the local church. I care for this city. I know why I exist. Vision brings clarity to mind. I want you to write these down if you're taking notes. I've got a couple things I want you to write down. A vision for life will bring focus. A vision for life will bring focus. A vision for your life will bring your life focus. Some of us aren't living with a lot of focus right now because we say yes to everything and no to very few things, right? (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. And what happens is we find ourselves incredibly busy. Ask yourself this. Am I overwhelmed by my schedule because I'm saying yes to too many things that do not contribute to my purpose? Share your answers with someone else. (laughs) Or I can assume it. When you have focus in your life, you're able to navigate more confidently between what you say yes to and what you say no to. If you don't have vision for your life, the world and the people around you will. They will, not on purpose, not to tear you down, but they will. I want to tell you this morning, and I just want to relieve this from you, and maybe you need to write this down. It's okay for me to say no. It's okay for me to say no for a couple of reasons. I can say no because I have a purpose and I have a dream. Why is it okay for you to say no? Because when you say yes to too many things that don't contribute to your purpose, you're forced to say no to things that do contribute to your purpose. A far more eloquent way to say this is like this. You can only ride one horse with one butt. Right? But some of us are out there riding a whole herd of horses. You know, my wife and I, we say no a lot more than we say yes because we're saying yes to things that matter for us, for us. A vision for life, this is number two. A vision for life will bring endurance. This is, this is real simple. This one, we're going we're gonna to blow right through this. A vision for life will bring endurance. Some of us are tired, so tired that we're ready to give up. A lack of vision leads to a lack of endurance. And here's, here's, the, here's the key here. Vision for your life doesn't remove exhaustion. It just makes it worth it. Right? A vision for your life doesn't mean you're not tired at the end of the day. But it just means you look back on your day and you thought, I did something of value today. I tell you what, me and my wife, we are tired this morning. We had a, a, a full week. But you know what I've been doing this week? I've been serving my purposes. We, she's been serving her purposes this week. And, I'm, and, I, and I, I, I'm exhausted. And I got more purposes to serve today after service. But man, I, I, it's worth it. I see the finish line. And I'm going to keep running towards it. A life of vision will bring endurance for you. Number three is a vision for life will bring you fulfillment. It's, we're weird, aren't we? We look for fulfillment in everything. 
We look for it in some wild places. We look for it through notoriety or position, right? Or we look through it through money and finances. And at the end of the day, none of that brings you satisfaction. None of that brings you any real purpose behind why you're living your life. So the real question is, if none of that stuff brings fulfillment and those things don't drive the vision for my life, where does vision come from? We know what vision will do for you. We just talked about three things. But where does vision come from? Because many of you are like, yeah, Robbie, I get it. I want vision. Where do I find it? Where does vision come from? I want to, I want to suggest that the vision from you, for your life comes from the one who's already written your story. Psalm chapter 139, verse 16 says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Some of you may be thinking that if God's the author of this story, he's not a very good writer. Because where I'm at right now, I don't enjoy. And I just want to suggest something to you. I don't want to talk at you this morning. I just want to propose an idea. Could it be that you've taken the pencil away? You know, I know for me, I've added chapters to my life that aren't supposed to be there. I've, I've added chapters to my life that God never intended to be there. And here's what's so great about our God. If you give him the pencil, then he can turn your mess into something good. And some of you are thinking, no, Robbie, I've been trying to turn this mess into something good for years. Well, let me just give you an idea. Give the pencil back to God, and then you'll see the difference between him and you, right? Give him the pencil for a season. Let him write. Let him create your story and follow him, and you'll see something bad turn into something good. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. It says, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. There it is. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything in everyone. This is why our purposes are so important to us here at the Gathering Church. This is why we value them so much. You want to discover your purpose? It starts with knowing God. And I've got great news. You can do that this morning. You can know God this morning. Then it moves to finding freedom. Because here's why. Your purpose is the, on the other side of that thing that has its grip on you. Because what many of us want to do is we know our purpose. We can't get there. Because you haven't found freedom from that which binds you. And so that's why, we, that's, why this, that's, why, that's why that's the second purpose. And discovering your purpose is the third purpose. One, two, three. Some of us got to deal with that freedom piece. And when you do, you'll discover your purpose and you can make a difference with it. And so the question is, where are you looking for your purpose? Where? And why is your purpose so hard to find? Some of us are trying hard, but we're missing the target. I, uh, in the 2004... Athens Olympics, America had a guy in the rifle competition named Matthew Emmons. People don't know this about me, but I'm, I'm actually, I have, a, I have, I keep guns around my house. I have two. <laughs> I keep two guns on me at all times, and I don't know if you can tell where they're at. They're called Pete and repeat. Check. 
You know what it is. John Mark's probably listening online right now. He knows I don't know the first thing about guns, and he knows everything about guns. So there's this competition that I did as a child with guns that Matthew, I'm just kidding, Matthew Emmons, he's, he's the greatest rifleman in the, on the planet. And he was, he was in this competition called the three-position, 15-meter rifle competition. And I have no idea what that means. I imagine he's laying on the ground. And he's in this three-position, 15-meter rifle competition. And during the last round of shooting, he was so far ahead of the group, that's all he had to do was hit his target. That's all he had to do was land somewhere on the target. It didn't matter where. And the unique thing about these riflemen is that they were able, because when I, I've, I've been shooting, don't get me wrong, but when I'm shooting, I'm doing this. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm like, oh, I was aiming right there, and it went up there. But these guys, they had this unique ability to slow their heart rates down to a place that when they're aiming, they're not moving at all. And so Matthew Emmons lines up his last shot to win the gold medal at the Athens Olympics. He lines up, he aims, he fires. Bullseye. Bullseye. The only problem is it was on the wrong target. From first to eighth place, he doesn't medal. See, some of us are looking for our purpose, but we're aiming in the wrong direction. God has a purpose for you. He just wants you to position your life in a direction where you're aiming at him. So I, I want to get you on the path to help you to discover God's purpose for your life. One of the best books in the Bible to help us with this is Ephesians. So I want to pick it up in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. It says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. In other words, live in such a way that points people to you because when they look at you, they should be seeing Jesus. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. Having nothing to do with the fruitless deeds, and this is so good, this is hard. Having nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. That's tough to do, isn't it? We all have dark spots in our lives. And here's the, here's the unique thing that we have to understand. God already knows your dark spots. He doesn't want you to expose your dark spots because they're hurting him. He wants you to expose your dark spots because they're hurting you. So he says, bring them into the light and I'll deal with them. And I'll love you through them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine in you. <laughs> Maybe this morning, the message for you is wake up. Wake up. Maybe God's been knocking on you for years, months, and it's time to wake up. Maybe, maybe you've been coming to the gathering trying to figure out this whole God thing, and it's time for you to wake up and to receive Jesus into your heart. Wake up, sleeper. Quit sleeping. Find freedom. Know God. Start the process. goes on to say in verse 15, Be careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Okay, so what does all this mean? What does it all mean? 
I want to narrow this down into three questions that if you can ask yourself and you can answer, it will position your life in a place, in a way where you can discover your purpose. Okay, so if you can ask and answer. So write these down, answer them now or answer them later. But if you can answer these and pivot in some areas, you can begin your journey towards discovering your purpose. I'm convinced. Number one is this. What am I doing that I should not be doing? These are groundbreaking questions, aren't they? What am I doing that I should not be doing? All of us have things in our life that we know we shouldn't be doing. Some of us know we're living a life that we were never intended to live. Maybe you, you know that you're living in the darkness, and it's time to come into the light. Maybe that's you. Maybe it's time to know God. You don't have to, to bring that junk that hides in the darkness of your life along with you any longer. Let me show you what I'm talking about. In Romans chapter 12, it says in verse 2, Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The reason why so many of us have a hard time discovering God's purpose for our life is because we've got a bunch of junk in the way of it. What if this year you decided not to let anything hold you back any longer than it already has? This year I'm not going to let my inappropriate internet habits hold me back from the purpose that God has for me. This year, I'm not going to let this harmful relationship stand in the way of what God has for me. This year, I'm not going to let comparison capture my potential. I'm not going to let my senses, and that's what we do sometimes. We let our senses and our cravings and our desires keep us from what God has for us. What are you, not, what are you doing that you need to stop doing? Proverbs chapter 4, verses 25, it says, Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your graze directly before you. Make level paths for your, feet, for your feet and take only what ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. Some of us need to make that, that our resolve this year. Keep your eyes forward and focused on living in the light and exposing that which lies in our darkness. Here's the second question. What am I not doing that I should be doing? <laughs> what are some things I need to add to my life? Maybe you need to jump on in. Maybe you've been sitting on the sidelines for too long, and it's time to come to growth track. It's time to join the dream team. It's time to get into a life group. Is it time for you? I'm going to keep coming back to these purposes. Is it time for you to say yes to Jesus and begin a relationship with him? Is it time for you to sign up for baptism on Easter Sunday? To say, you know what, I know who I am in Christ, but nobody else knows who I am in Christ because I'm afraid to let them know it's time to jump in. I'm not doing some things that I need to start doing. And maybe for me it starts with baptism. Here's some simple things that you can start doing. Start reading your Bible. Start getting acquainted with who God is. I talk to people way too often who are trying to discover their purpose, but yet don't know who God is. How Are you reading your Bible? I don't know. I don't see the value in it. You're not going to find your purpose unless you get acquainted with who God is and who Jesus is. Here's something. Start getting honest with someone about your life. 
Man, this is huge. We got freedom groups here at the Gathering Church, and this happens in all of our life groups. But what we do in our freedom groups is we take the mask off, and we say, here I am. This is who I am. And what you'll, what you'll discover is that people love who you are because they see who you can be. Right? And it's not until we, you, take the mask off with someone and get honest with yourself and with them that you can start to move for freedom. Here's why doing all these things are so important because hiding behind all of, things, all of these things that you probably need to start doing, hiding behind all of that is your purpose. Is your purpose. The things you aren't doing that maybe you need to start doing are the things that are going to bring freedom into your life. Let me, let, me, let me put it like this. In James chapter 14, it says, Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sins. I love this verse. This is great because this means that you don't need me to tell you the things that you should or shouldn't be doing because you already know. Have you ever done that? Have you ever been wanting to make a stupid decision and you just need one person to affirm it? And so you go walking around the office and you just find the office dummy and you're like, hey, should I, should I buy this $75,000 car? That's a sweet car, man. Yeah, you should. We're, I know you're broke because we work the same job. Do it. We're, we're, humans are weird, right? But you'd be amazed at how often I have people come to me and they say, hey, Robbie, what do you think about this area of my life? And honestly, because I did, I did I've done student ministry, I've done young adult ministry, and I've just done adult ministry. And I, you know what? It just happens everywhere. Robbie, I got this thing that's been itching at me, and it's really bothering me. What do you think I should do about that? My, my response half the time is, why are you asking me this? Do you want me to use my pastoral superpower to tell you what you already know? I'll tell you what, God, I don't think our problem is, is hearing God as much as we think it is. I think our problem is obeying God. <laughs> I think many of us, if not all of us, are a lot better at hearing the voice of God than we give ourselves credit for. It's the obedience part that we struggle with because we say, you know what, I don't know if that was God because I didn't like what he said. <laughs> you don't need myself or John Mark to lead you in these areas. We're here for you. But what if we just started trusting God? What if you just started trusting God. The third question I want to ask you, and this is, I'm going, to, I'm going to close with this question. Why not do it today? Why not do it today? Whatever it is, why not do it today? Maybe you know your purpose, but you know there are some big ticket items standing in the way. Maybe you know there are years of work standing in the way of you and your purpose. Why not attack it today? Why not take care of it today? Why not, why not step into the light today? Why not make that difficult decision today? It's a weekend. Make that difficult decision. You know you're not going to do it on Monday. Nobody likes Monday, right? But why not make that difficult decision today? Tomorrow isn't going to be any easier. Listen to me here. This is, this is, this is huge because this is what we, I'm, I'm the king of procrastination. It's my, it's my gift, that destroys me. <laughs> Some of us are waiting for a difficult decision to become an easy decision. And the truth is, that's just not going to happen. And here's why. There's a reason why you're in this difficult season. Because this season you're in now is the one refining you for the season God has for you. God wants to see you refined. 
And he wants to see you step into the difficulty. He wants to see you step into these decisions because these are the ones that refine you, that grow you, that change you, that develop you. And so take value in the season you are in now because on the other side of this season is your purpose and who wants to discover their purpose and not be ready for it? God is getting you ready for your purpose. Dig into it. Step into it. Get messy with it. Go through the difficulty. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2 says, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. God has never loved you more. God has never cared for you more. He's never been more excited about your future than he is right now. Why not do it today? Today is the day. It's time to get rid of that junk. It's time to decide to live a life of purpose. Maybe it's for you, it's time to say no to something good so you can say yes to something great. And it may be that in order to live a life of purpose, you're going to have to pivot your life away from some things and towards a few other things. Today is the day to make that choice. Maybe for you today is, is the day to say yes to Jesus. You say, Robbie, I'm, I'm, I'm attracted to this idea you're talking about. I, I've been hearing the gathering church talk about these purposes for a long time, and it, maybe it's connected with me today. And maybe, maybe for you, why not do it today is for you just to say, yes, I'm going all in. I'm, I'm, I'm accepting Christ into my life, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recommit my life to Jesus. Maybe that's, maybe that's you today, and I want to encourage you to, to do it, <laughs> to do it. Mark that connect card. We have a plan for you. That's the good news. We have a plan for you. That's the role that we've taken on as a church, and we have labored over this. We have a plan for you at the gathering. It's going to require a lot of work, more work from you than us, but we've got a plan. And we want to see that plan work itself out in your life. And maybe today you need to start your plan and you need to know God or commit to freedom that you know God is calling you to. You've just been too scared to find it. We're going to move into a, a time of response here. And I, I want you to challenge yourself and ask yourself right now. Maybe, maybe we do response in a couple different ways here. We have the cross up here for you. And man, maybe today it's all about just saying, God, I know what it is. And today I'm committing to do it. And my friend, you know, we're going to give you a, a layup here. Maybe before you make that decision, why don't you just write that decision on the cross? Maybe that's the encouragement you need to go home and make these decisions, right? So we, we're going to respond. And if you need to write something on that cross and give it to Jesus, I, I encourage you to do it. We're going to worship. And maybe for you it's just getting vulnerable before God and just saying, God, I'm going to, I'm going to, here I am. Maybe, maybe that's, maybe, maybe the enemy's got you. You know, one of the names for, for the enemy, for the devil, is the deceiver. Maybe he's got you deceived into thinking you can't lift your hands in worship to God because of your past. And maybe a part of your journey towards your purpose is just saying, I'm not going to let the enemy control me anymore. I'm not going to be deceived anymore. God loves me. He's never been more excited about me and his purpose for my life. And I'm going to start stepping into it. So we're going to worship for just a moment. Maybe, that, maybe that's all you need this morning. I just want to encourage you to worship and respond.
Why don't you stand with me? And I'm going to pray. We got a, a song for you. And we're going to respond this morning. God, I thank you that you do have a plan and a purpose for our life. God, that you have a destiny for us. And in our moments where we feel so weak and so alone and so afraid, and God, you are for us. Now is the time to recognize that you love us, that you care for us. I, I pray over this congregation right now, and I pray over this city, God, that this would be a city that could discover their purpose, but not just discover it, but be brave enough to pursue it, to be vulnerable enough to pursue it, to be willing enough to pursue it. And so as we respond right now, God, lead us. Maybe this morning for you, 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 you need to say, you know what, I'm all in with Jesus. And so I'm going to say a prayer, and if this prayer is for you, I just want you to repeat it. And I, why, don't, why don't everybody repeat this prayer with me? And, and, and if it'll make somebody more comfortable to repeat it, let's just do that for them. And then let us know on that connect card. We, we, want, we want to walk through this journey with you. So let me, let me pray. Why don't you repeat this prayer for, with me this morning? God, I love you. Thank you for loving me. I've walked my own journey for too long. Today I'm coming home. God, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I receive the blood of Jesus as a cover for my sins. I'm choosing today to walk in Christ. Amen.